ברוך השם, you're a bad Jew. שלום. Wow, you made it. Welcome back to Bad Jew. I really appreciate you tuning into this episode. And I want to thank you out of the millions of podcasts that exist out there in the world right now. You chose this podcast to take your Jewish learning from. This is Bad Jew, the place where there is no such thing as a bad Jew. With me today is Reina Exelbeard. Reina is the CEO, the Chief Empowerment Officer of The Rose Grows. Uh, Reina, do you mind giving us a little pitch as to what The Rose Grows is? Yes. Hi, everyone. The mission of The Rose Grows is when one grows, we all grow. This idea through having conversations and through acts of kindness and supporting each other, we can um, overcome our biggest challenges, but also accomplish some of our biggest dreams, too. I think that's really beautiful and inspiring and very motivational. You are a motivational speaker. You are a children's author as well. Be sure to check out The Rose Grows. But before you do that, Reina, you have a bad Jew challenge right of way into this podcast. Are you ready? I am ready! Echad, shtaim, shalosh, go. Fabulous. My name is Reina Rose Axelbeard I. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. And my whole life, I've always been the girl who said hello to everyone. People wrote in my yearbooks that I was the first person to say hi to them um, at camp or um, at other programs in my life. People would, you know, write me notes at the end to let them know that I was the first person who, who sat next to them. And truly, through having conversations with people who are different than me, I've been able to create once-in-a-lifetime bonds and incredible, incredible life experiences. In a nutshell, this Jew from Memphis, Tennessee, went to Israel when she was 18. Um, I had the best year of my life. I was doing archaeological digging. I was in the Army. But you should know, growing up as a young woman in Memphis, Tennessee, with three older brothers, I didn't feel so confident as a woman. I didn't have a lot of boyfriends growing up. And I went to a really academic, academically challenging high school where I didn't make straight A's, but through being involved with community service, going away to Jewish sleepaway camp, being involved with BBYO, Young Judea, um, that gave me leadership experience. That gave me the opportunity to travel, meet amazing Jewish people uh, from all over the world who I'm still friends with today. And most importantly, that's what gave me my confidence as a young person. So it was in Israel at 18 for the first time I realized that I was hot. I never thought I was ugly, but all of a sudden I'm in Israel and I'm like, I'm smart, I'm funny. And it was the first time in my life I felt accepted for who I was. It was almost like Israel uh, and all the people I met, they became my best friend. Wow. Now I want you to imagine I had the best year of my life. I found myself as a woman. I moved to South Florida to go to college in Boca Raton. Um, and they had told me in Israel, I actually plagiarized a paper about Israel in this Israel advocacy class, only to end up working for an Israel education organization years later. But I didn't take the class seriously because they said when we go to college, we might experience anti-Semitism. Now, as the Jew from Tennessee who never experienced it a day in her life, I was really shocked 
when I moved to college in Boca Raton, I experienced a lot of anti-Semitism. I was cyberbullied. I had a fake eviction notice put on my dorm. These students were allowed to bring in speakers who said the Holocaust never happened. So it was through overcoming those challenges that I realized I knew that my grandparents survived the Holocaust. I, I knew that I lived in Israel, but I didn't know the history. I didn't know the story of my grandparents. So it was through overcoming those challenges. I found my passion for inspiring and empowering um, other people. In 2015, I graduated with an international business degree. I went to the nonprofit world for four years working for an Israel education organization only to eventually start the Rose Grows, where I work with people of all ages, elementary school students through my children's books, teenagers when it comes to leadership, female empowerment, and most importantly, leveraging my experiences with anti-Semitism to create programs and conversations around diversity and inclusion on college campuses and corporations. So I'd like to end by saying that I am proud to be a Jewish woman using all the Jewish experiences that I had growing up to make a difference, to make an impact and inspire people of all backgrounds and all ages. And in my opinion, that is the biggest mitzvah that you can do. Go be a light. Wow. Wow. How about you? Was that under four minutes? Uh, you just went a couple seconds over. I canceled wow. it so that way the timer wouldn't interrupt you. But Reina, that was like one of the most powerful four minute introductions that this podcast has had yet. That was amazing. Your energy, your Ruach is beautiful. And I love that message. Be a light. And for those who couldn't see just now, Raina even did a little dance just now. So welcome to bad Jew. This is amazing. You know, you're, you're here on this podcast and you, you were talking about your experience with anti-Semitism. This might tie into today's episode, by the way. I, I dealt with I dealt with all kinds of um, anti-Semitism in college too, for sure. At San Francisco State, I mean that that's wow. You know, if you, if you go and look up my last name Volk for CSU Board of Trustees, you'll know that I was in a whole class action lawsuit against my college for anti-Semitism. So holy like, shit. So like, yeah, I'm no I'm not a stranger to this, right? But here yeah. here was an incident actually that I don't talk about often. That I, I will talk about on this episode because it ties yeah, into the theme, right? You better talk about it. I'm like, yeah. I want to hear about that. So so I, I had a friend. Let's call him Dave, right? And we both were in cinema together. We both were studying film. And every time Dave would see an Orthodox Jew, like a black hat, Orthodox Hasidic man walking mm -hmm. down the street, he would open up Snapchat, take a picture, send it to me and say, hey, Chaz, look, it's you. Oh, and it kept on, he kept on doing it over and over and over. And I eventually told him, hey, dude, it's not really that funny. Can you stop? And eventually, I cornered him in the cinema department. I remember doing this, too. And I said, do you have a problem with me? Do, do I look like a black hat? Like, do you even know anything about my Judaism or me at all? Can you stop that? Mm. You know? And he said, no, I don't have a problem with you. I'm like, yeah, well, it's not, stop. It's not funny. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And then later on, I realized we're in the cinema department, ironically. You know, he's a consumer of media. So he has seen images of Tevya, you know, growing up. He has seen, you know, these kind of stereotypical Ashkenazi Jewish looking figures. And that's the only representation of Judaism he has probably ever consumed. 
And by the way, for those who are listening on Apple Podcasts, I do recommend going on YouTube because there's a lot of visual aid to this particular episode. So I realize it's not entirely his fault. He's just ignorant, right? The question is, Reina, what do Jews look like? People. They have a heart. They have a soul. They have a brain. And, you know, the first time I went to Israel when I was like 16 years old, I was so shocked to see police cars there with their lights on because like all I ever heard about Israel and Jewish people were like only really good things. But I'd like to start off the conversation that Jews are people. There are some really amazing Jewish people out there, but there's also some bad Jews out there. Um, And when I say bad Jew, I don't mean in reference to the podcast. I mean, there have been Jewish terrorists. There have been Jewish men and business like Bernie Madoff, who who robbed not just Jewish people, but people people all over the world. So I think the first distinction is Jews are people. And until you have a conversation with the person sitting next to you or um, across from you at the gym, you have absolutely no idea what someone's backstory is. Something special that I'd like to share with you when you were talking about your friend, Dave, Hi, I'm Dave. I kept thinking about that TV show when he said that. <laughs> but when you brought up the picture of uh, Tevia from Fiddler on the Roof, I've been going to a new gym. Yeah, I've been going to a new gym the last six months. And there's this really, really, really nice trainer. He's African-American. And we, we're always high-fiving. You know, we have like com- small conversations here and there when I'm leaving the gym. And a couple months into me working out at the gym, all of a sudden one day he says to me, I think I showed him like a video of, of me with a Holocaust survivor from a, from a trip, right? And after I showed him that video, he looked at me and he said, Reina, do you know why my name is Tevi? And I go, no. He goes, I never told you? And I go, you never told me. And he <laughs> goes, it's because my godfather is Jewish and that's why my name is Tevia. Wow. So I also want to point out too that you know, the Jewish population, we might be small, but we're mighty. And it's really fascinating and cool to learn about how our history, our accomplishments, our challenges can can even make an impression or, or change the life of someone who's not Jewish. And that's why I go back to that idea of how important it is to, to be a light and to, to be a contribution because... The more you give, the more you'll learn about yourself and and the people around you. And Mm. in my world, it just makes everything a lot more rosier that way. Ah, good plug in, by the way. But yeah, I wanted to say that I think that's I think that's absolutely true. I love that the way that you describe the diversity among our people while also acknowledging the fact that we have been a pretty strong group of people. Just recently, by the way, the lead singer from Disturbed came mm-hmm. out wearing an IDF shirt and he called out Roger Waters for his anti-Semitic performance in Germany that he did where Roger Waters dressed up in a Nazi uniform and had pro like anti-Zionist content being yeah. projected behind him while doing this. Right. And, and the, this lead singer from disturbed came out and said, we are a mighty people. We've been through way tougher, like way more difficult situations in the past. We are alive. We are well. And he sang Hatikva. This heavy metal singer sang Hatikva 
normal singing, by the way, not screamo or anything, just yes. regular. And it was beautiful. He got the entire audience to sing with him. It was this beautiful Jewish empowerment moment. And those are moments that are just so beautiful. You know, that lead singer doesn't look like any stereotypical Jew, right? And just to give everyone an idea of this, what a stereotypical Jew might look like every single year in Halloween, I always cringe when I see this costume pop up. Oi, yeah. You know, I think this is appropriation personally, but you know, yeah. Jewish, <laughs> yes, it is because, because we're Jewish and we're not, we're only 15 million people in the world. It's really difficult to get a petition for spirit Halloween costume stores to take this off their shelves. Yeah. I think I just it's like, really un, 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 I not just okay. Like, yeah, that's not my husband. That's not my brother. That's not my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the other side of this, by the way, on the other side of the argument, I have a very mixed relationship with the portrayal of Jews. I, I feel like everyone does, by the way, a, a mixed relationship of the portrayal of Jews in cinema outside of Fiddler on the Roof, right? Fiddler on yeah. the Roof, we have kind of the stereotypical Ashkenazi Jew and audiences take that in as what a Jew looks like. But then I remember watching Wolf of Wall Street and we come across John Bernthal's character, right? He's mm -hmm. wearing a giant high necklace while lifting weights shirtless. And I, at first I was kind of like, whoa, that's that's pretty badass. Like I'm, they don't ever show Jews like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then I also remember in the movie, John Bernthal's character is a criminal who loves money. <laughs> so, you know, kind of cringy, right? On the other side, here's Adam Sandler. Both of these guys are Jewish actors, by the way. Here's Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, right? He plays another conniving, you know, like Jew who's trying to bargain his way up into riches. And it's a it's a it's a troublesome, problematic movie, but it's excellent. It's an amazing movie, actually. So I you know, the, the portrayal of Jews in, in modern day media is yeah. a very mixed bag for sure. So with that, I have I have two interesting, three interesting points to, to bring up. One is, you know, sometimes in Hollywood recently, you know, people get really upset when an actor is cast to, say, play an Asian role or a Native American role, and they don't come from that particular background. I remember two years ago, I met an incredible professor when I was in Minneapolis for business. He runs the, the Jewish studies department. Go figure, we end up at the same piano bar, you know, restaurant. But he was telling me that he had this class that was all about Jews and media and cinema. And, mo and most of his students weren't Jewish. And what he told me that like really surprised me was at the end of the course, for those who don't know, on Amazon, there's a TV show called The Marvelous Miss Maisel. And I love that show. It actually inspired me to start doing stand-up comedy a couple years ago. But this professor told me something very interesting. He said, again, his, his, his students, I think like 99% of them are not Jewish. He said the students found it offens offensive that they cast Miss Maisel, but she's not a Jewish woman playing a Jew. So we kind of have to also have this question of, you know, number one, does it matter the background, you know, of the person? Right. And two, when it comes to like the actual portrayal in film, there's two things I want to bring up. One is, you know, obviously the character of, of Jewish people, but the other is the accuracy, right? 
So these last two points come from when I was 18, I was living in Israel. I went to go visit um, a family member of mine who some people in my family are very observant, some people not as observant at all. I identify as orthodox. I am modern orthodox. I went to an orthodox day school growing up. Those are the, the tunes and the traditions that I like to practice, you know, when it comes to holiday time. And, and so I was going to say, and with like the stereotypes I have in mind for what modern orthodox is or modern orthodox, as you say, I would not have guessed that you would identify as that based on how you currently are dressed because you're showing your sleeves and, you know, it's, it's just something I, I noticed. And that's again, breaking stereotypes here. Anyway, continue. I just had to point hey, that out. No, no, no. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad that you brought that up. So one of my relatives, they they were running a seminary and, um, you know, for the sake of the story, the only thing I want to bring up is I remember we were having this conversation and I don't remember who started the conversation, but basically she said that it was so offensive to her that, you know, there would be Jewish jokes in American movies and that there would be you know, these, these like Jewish innuendos. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, but the writers are Jewish. You realize the people who are writing it, isn't this like really, I didn't say badass to her face, but I was like, isn't this like really amazing that we've come so far that we're writing the movies and we're putting in jokes that only people who are a part of our tribe, you know, are going to recognize. So for me, I, I saw that as like a prideful thing. I don't knock anyone else's perspective when I say that to my relative. To her, Judaism is so holy that for you to put it in mainstream media, it's, you know, for her, she, her views can't align with that. And the other thing I want to share that was really interesting was when I was 18, I took this class in Israel about Holocaust films. And the whole point of the class was what makes a good Holocaust film? Number one, is it accurate? Is it actually a true story? Because unfortunately, believe it or not, a lot of the movies that are out there that have gotten a lot of attention, not all of them are historically accurate. But then we also have to take a step back as artists and say, is it about inspiring people with the work so that they're then inspired to do the work on their own of learning the accuracies, right? Or is our role to make films that maybe might not be so entertaining, but they hit on, you know, whatever dates and, and whatever facts. And yeah. for that, you know, every, every Jewish person is, is different. We all walk into the clothing store that's called Judaism. We all pick out, you know, I walked into the Judaism store. I, there was this awesome vest <laughs> there. It had an Israel flag on it, two different color shoes. And you know what? I looked in the mirror. I said, I look great. And, you know, the cool thing about Judaism, it's, it's, it's all about refinement. So what, what, what's your vibe now could totally change in a couple years if you're having children or moving to a new place or going through a life experience where now you're like, okay, I need the support of that community. Or like, I really need to lean into this, you know, into this teaching to find something out, you know, about myself. Well said. I think that brings about a really great transition into something I wanted to show that was really interesting. Something that we've talked about on this podcast is that 
if a modern day Jew met, went, went, went into a time machine and went into the past and looked at what a Jew looked like back in the day, like let's say the Renaissance time, you might come across your fellow Jew looking like this. Again, yeah. if you're on if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I highly recommend you go to the YouTube channel because I just I just pulled up a picture of this couple and they're wearing clothing that just is not recognizable to today. This is yeah. Renaissance era, right? So this is we're talking about like yeah, we're talking about 14th to 17th century here of what what Jews used to look like. This is like these are like you know real old fashioned. I mean, look at her hairstyle too. That's a really neat hairstyle. That cool X that things that she has on her forehead going on. I don't exactly know what I'm looking at, but that's really cool. Um, so I, you know, you notice that. And of course, that looks very different than how a Hasidic man, because, you know, we have the Hasidic movement and things pop up today. This is what we see today. So they look pretty different, as a matter of fact. And I don't know. I just, I find that very fascinating. I like the concept of entering into the Jewish store, but. I also like that you said the word refinement because this is exactly what we're talking about. Jews are always refining, not just how we look, but are also our views and also how we interact with the world as it constantly changes and updates. Totally. And even if you're not Jewish and you happen to be listening to this podcast, you too should be on a path to refinement. You know, throughout our life, we should always be setting goals, overcoming different challenges putting ourselves out there, all, all these things. I, I like that a lot. I think that that's actually a major message. We've talked about this in a little bit on the podcast as well, but there's the concept of tikkun hamadot, right? Which tikkun olam is repairing the world, but tikkun hamadot is to repair yourself, right? That's the most important thing. And honestly, I think they're connected. Like when I think about the times where I've been the lowest of low and I've been so depressed, Helping other people doesn't make the darkness go away. It just adds light to that dark space. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely big advice for anyone listening. If you're going through a really, really, really hard time, um, number one, get out of bed. That's first step. And number two, if you can be a contribution to somebody else, whether it's giving them a ride, letting them play with your dog, cooking dinner, um, you know, helping your elderly neighbor bring her groceries up the stairs. There's no, there's no thing that's too small that if you're doing it in service of someone else, ultimately it's going to bring that light back to you for sure. Well said. I think that's, I think that's a beautiful piece of advice that I've always given is that if I'm feeling down that I should go out of my way to help others and yeah. that will always make you feel better. But I want to bring it back, actually, to the very beginning of the podcast. There was something you said during your four-minute introduction that I think might directly interact with this topic. And that mm -hmm. was your you moving to Israel for the first time. Yeah. When you first moved to Israel for the first time. I, I have a funny question, and it does tie into the episode. But yeah, I would, I would ask, how did you look stepping off the plane? And how did you – did, did that look later on change – not talking about you being in the IDF in your uniform, but I mean, like. Well, I will say at the beginning, I thought going to the IDF would turn me into this like sexy fitness chick. It did not. <laughs> you eat like chocolate spread that's so sugary. You can see the sugar in it. You're drinking chocolate milk out of a bag. I called it the Choco Blues. Like, is it you want Choco Besakit, the best. Yeah, I, I used to call it the Choco Blues because like if you're in the middle of the desert, 
and there's chocolate milk in front of you, obviously you're going to drink as much as you can. But if you drink more than one, it's really not that great of an idea. So number one, for anyone who's listening, if you think that the army is going to make you more fit, um, just reevaluate that. Depend Depends on where you go in the army. I'll say when I first came to Israel, one of the, the biggest things that like really helped me develop my own style was living with Jews from England. Shout out to, you know, all my, uh, my former year course roommates, even though we weren't the bestest of, of friends, um, they really, really, really made an impact on me. And, and a big part of that was caring about what you put on when you walked out the door. So like in Tennessee, you know, as a teen, Nike shorts, like a sweatshirt, like hair was in a bun 90% of the time. I used to call it a bun dial. You could like tell what time it was by where my bun was on my head. <laughs> but, you know, living with these British girls, it would always be like, Ray, are you really going to wear that jumper again? <laughs> um, growing up with three older brothers, it's not like I had like sisters with good style, you know, to borrow clothes from. So through, you know, looking back at it, I was actually kind of a, a jerk. I, I was thinking about this the other day. They let me borrow all their clothes, but I don't think I ever washed them. So maybe <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't say any names. I'm, I just want those girls to know I have that self-awareness now, like at 31 I'm really sorry I didn't wash your clothes when I borrowed them, but I am so grateful that you allowed me to wear them and like almost like feel like a Barbie, you know, when I was when I was in Israel. And then the other thing too was, you know, and in Israel at the time, it's been a couple of years since I've been there, but it was all about, you know, women having winged eyeliner and having like a red lipstick and you know, the women in, in Israel, I mean, again, it might be different now with social media and trends, but like heavy, 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 heavy makeup was never like a trendy thing there when I was younger. So, um, you know, learning how to put on makeup properly and not have to like be an expert at it, you know, in order to, to feel good about myself. That was, and I'd say the biggest thing is the, the, the people who I met made me feel so good about myself that truly when you feel good in your own skin, you could be wearing a garbage bag and people will think it's like summer runway, you know, Dior. Um, so I really want to echo that. I know people are always like, like, love yourself, be yourself. But there's just this glow that comes from within that, you know, even when I was younger, like some of the best nights, I was not wearing makeup. Like I was not prepared for an adventure. Like the opportunity just presented itself. So I think like when you're at peace with yourself, when you feel good about yourself, naturally, you're a lot more approachable. And for me, you know, when people want to hear what I what I have to say and when people tell me they like what I'm saying, that gives me that gives me a lot of confidence. You know, something I think that you touched on that I actually wasn't expecting to talk about on this episode today is body positivity a lot. Um, because I think in, I, I wonder if there is room in the Orthodox world to talk about body positivity uh, because 
you know, oftentimes if I was, if I was to, I'm going to say this kind of liberally here, but to dress by the book, right. Or, or to dress by my community standard, living in Orthodox community. Right. And I dressed head to toe in black modest clothing that covered up my ankles and wrists. And really the only skin that you could see is on my face. And that's not including what's covered by the beard, right? Is body positivity something that is talked about on a regular basis? And how does that tie into clothing uh, and being able to show, you know, like, I, I guess, I guess the, that relationship between your body and the clothing that you wear. And, and as you pointed out, the makeup that you put on. So I think that that's actually really interesting um, to, to kind of, uh, you know, uncover a bit, even the amount yeah. of hair that you show or lack thereof. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Naturally, my first instinct is I'm like, you know, this is so important for women. Like, I guess it depends on the household, but it's not just women who have like fears and misconceptions about like body image. Like, you know, really in the last like year of um, the Rose Grows, I've been doing a lot more workshops where teen leadership workshops where men and women are sharing things out loud and body image is one of those things that men and women have a lot of the same struggles and questions, but there's a, not really a space for us to bring up those things. And, and B, you know, there's all this like ego and fear of like what I'll look like or what I'll sound like if I, if I voice those things. Mm -hmm. Well said. I, I do want to take a quick, right turn from the conversation a little bit here and just I, I picture the comment section saying this so i have to also point this out yeah. there are also black jews okay oh yeah you know the ethiopian like cousins of our of our line here like we we like reina and i we are definitely like from european background we definitely look white right but there are also black jews and i just wanted to give a shout out to some of them that do exist they this is a this is a more Ethiopian uh, dressed background here, and I think it's I think it's absolutely beautiful the way that they dress and their definition of modesty. You also see figures like Nisim Black who come out there, black Jewish rapper. His music is great, by the way, and he's right now blowing up the Jewish world and the music scene. It's awesome, but I think it's I think it's very real. I think it's I think you know a black voice in the jewish world is very real and i can already just picture the comment section saying oh that you know you're all just white european colonizers and it's like well first of all you're just an anti-semite using zionism to mask how you feel and second of all you know black jews exist too and, and so we do plan on this podcast to bring on black jews to represent their voices as well yeah i'm i'm so glad that you mentioned that because again like Jews are people. We come in, in, in different heights. We come in different sizes. We we come in different, you know, skin tones with, with intermarriage. Like also you have, you know, all kinds of like very interesting like family lines and, and, and history lines. And, and you also have people who for them, I think it's also important like when it when I said them, I mean like the people who are going to be commenting like white colonizers, da 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 da. Jewish people have faced discrimination for over three thousand years. We've been kicked out of countries. We've been treated as second class citizens. If you have a passport that says Israel on it today, there's over thirty countries who won't let you like enter. 
Like when they voted like on whether or not like Israel could exist, like there were a lot of countries who said no. So it's, it's important to know that, you know, the Holocaust is like the, the largest genocide in recent history. So that's why we talk about it a lot. But as you go around the world and you, and you learn not just how diverse like the Jewish people are, but how diverse our, our history is in terms of we're always going to have issues. There's always going to be people who are wanting, who are going to want to dimmer or shimmer. But as Jews, it is our responsibility to stand together, to shout louder and shine brighter. And in most recent time, I think in the last 10 years of my professional career, I truly believe the only reason people now are talking about anti-Semitism at all is because when Kanye West made his comments, it forced people outside of the Jewish community to take a stand. It forced businesses outside of the Jewish community to make a statement. And I echo that for anyone who's listening to this podcast. If you want people to care about what you care about or your cause, you have to educate people outside of the community if you want them to to stand up for you and be a voice for you when you need it. Because again, in my experience, people only start giving a shit about anti-Semitism when people who aren't Jewish start talking about it. With what I do professionally, diversity and inclusion, which really no one cared about until COVID, right? Black Lives Matter, Asians were being discriminated against. Jewish people have been left out before Kanye, we were left out of a lot of those panels. We weren't being brought into companies to address, you know, issues like some of these other minorities do. So how we end the podcast is how I want to start. What does a Jew look like? We're a minority and we look different. Well said. And until the rest of society can understand and accept that we are a minority and that we have a history and we're not going anywhere, especially now that we have a home and our ancestral homeland. You know, Drake is Jewish, but I think he was singing about the Jews when he said, started at the bottom, now we're here. Yes, there are people in the world who hate us. Yes, there are people in the world who want to judge us, but you know what? For every one anti-Semite, there's about 20 other people in the world who will love you and respect you and want to learn from you. And not just because you're Jewish, because you're a good person. Well said, Reina. And I want to end it on that strong note right there. I want to thank you so much for being on Bad Jew. For those who are listening, how can they reach out to you? Um, what you gonna do when they come for you, bad Jew, bad Jew? I've been singing that uh, the last week, Chaz. Thank you so much for um, hosting on this podcast. Until um, we get the rights, the current theme song will stay. But until we get the rights for Bad Cops, we can then make excellent. up the theme song for this podcast. Yeah, excellent. There we go. <laughs> um, so for those um, who want to know more, you can find me on all social media platforms at. The Rose Grows. You can visit my website, therosegrows.com. 
Uh, there you can learn about all my adventures from hanging out with Holocaust survivors, going on the speaker tour, and dropping my new book, The Girl Who Wore Two Different Shoes, which will be available this fall. Chaz, thank you so, so much for having me. And uh, for all you guys listening out there, just want to remind you, uh, be the light. Shalom. Uh,